Hey everyone, and welcome to the Red Mage Podcast. I'm going to be your host, Joshua Ian, and I am super excited for you guys to be here with me on my journey as a human experience designer. So who am I? I'm a gamer and otaku, and to those who don't know what an otaku is, it's going to be defined as a subculture that emerged in Japan in the 1970s and gave rise to mass entertainment industry trying to produce manga, anime, and video games. And this is taken from Otaku, Japan's database animal. Great book, and I love it. I'm also currently a human experience interaction designer at California State University Long Beach, working on my master's program. And as I go through this program, I'm exploring the world-building methodology, a methodology in design that deals with spaces, both actual and virtual, overlapping narratives, various actors, and all of these elements that exist. And it's dealing with world, worlds, space, and place that are both actual and physical, and really making that my bread and butter. To really kind of contextualize everything for you, a world is defined as a multi-sensory space of stimuli supporting a variety of actors and a series of narratives. And worlds are when multiple worlds kind of overlap and they're encompassing these interacting and semi-autonomous agents that behave in entirely not predictable ways. And when we talk about actual and virtual space, Actual space is the space that we inhabit, or the objective space, and virtual is the cognitive space that's in contrast with that actual. Both always have their limits, and the virtual inhabits the actual space because there needs to be an interface in which we're able to kind of engage with that. And the nature of something virtual is a larger space within the space, and both spaces kind of are mutual in existence of one another, a natural space. All of these definitions are taken from Heather Barker's Designing Post-Virtual Architectures, Wicked Tactics, and World Building. An amazing book, and you should check it out, especially if you're a designer looking to improve upon your design process or clarify one of the four major methodologies, such as imagism, world building, pragmatism, and phenomenology. And to explore all of the things that I'm doing, I'm using methods that are taken from 101 design methods from Vijay Kumar. The methods that I'm using for my research in season one are going to be remote research, people, objects, environments, spaces, popular media search, publication research, field visits, field activity, and ethnographic interviews. And I'm saying that this is for season one because the next season's uh, will be different projects, and I will be looking at different methods that are appropriate in order to conduct the research necessary. In world building as a methodology for design, it's actually a really, 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 and I can't stress this enough, really research-heavy methodology because you're dealing with, with really constructing these world and worlds and how they interact and these touch points and these ecosystems. So now that we got that out of the way, I want to talk about what this podcast is. This podcast is following me on my journey through design projects using a world-building methodology. Throughout this podcast, I will be working on actual projects in the real world that uses this methodology. And I will share my research, interview community members, interview designers, look at different forms of media um, and emerging technologies, and really break down my design process and approach. So I had mentioned season one, and season one is really following my thesis project, 
which is cosplay and micro-entrepreneurship. So basically what a cosplayer is, is an individual who engages in cosplay. And cosplay is a form of recreation that occurs in its own physical domain, whatever exact nomenclature you use for, to refer to that, and its kind of initial circle or zone of play. That definition is taken from Mount Fart Paul, Planet Cosplay, Costume Play, Identity, and Global Fandom. And we're looking at the concept of play as defined by Johan Huizinga as a free and voluntary meaningful activity bound to a set of rules. Play occurs when a player or players step out of real life and into this like area that they designated to conduct an activity that has a purpose and meaning of its own. And it has various characteristics depending on the need of the player. It really is kind of this totality. It's whatever play needs to be for those users at that time. And micro-entrepreneurs are defined by Fast Company as people in the gig economy or freelancers, while the UN defines them as a company that is 10 employees or less that makes less than 2 million euros a year. And 2 million euros, um, I looked that up, and that's about $2,200,000 annually. 2200000 is a lot of money. We're going to be looking at how much these micro-entrepreneurs who are cosplayers are contributing to the boom in local economies. And we're going to limit our scope to greater Los Angeles. And the reason that we're doing that is because this project is due in November um, for my thesis, as well as by limiting the scope and seeing that it works within a section that allows for users to come in and see how well this platform performs. If it's successful, we can replicate that to other places and help other micro entrepreneurs that aren't necessarily cosplayers. And this all aligns with UN sustainability goal number eight. That is to stimulate economic growth and career pathways. In this current project, I am looking to create an MVP that is a minimal viable product that focuses solely on cosplayers as micro-entrepreneurs. Now, I do want to acknowledge that there are copious areas that there's a lot of issues with gender identity toxicity in the community, but my project is focusing solely on micro-entrepreneurship. And the reason I'm doing so is because there's so many problems that I'm not going to be able to address all of them in such a short period of time. So by focusing on one aspect, which is micro-entrepreneurship, career development, and economic growth, especially right now in our transitionary period or liminary period, I feel that my project is really relevant to looking at how to develop for cross-realities and help stimulate that economic growth. So. As this is due November 2020, I'm looking to accomplish this MVP, and that MVP will be successful if it can create an ecosystem that assists users who identify as cosplayers that want to transition from hobbyists to professionals in some sense. And if this platform addresses their major concerns or obstacles that prevents them from transitioning to a professional realm, it will be successful. So the platform can't be a success if it doesn't address its secondary and tertiary audiences who are cosplay hobbyists and cosplay appreciators, people that don't want to cosplay but appreciate cosplay and enjoy it as a member of the community. As a designer, it really is 
our responsibility to be human-centric and design for a way that's inclusive to everyone and accessible. So these will be some of the big challenges I'll be facing and tackling while I'm developing the solution. So now that we know what this podcast is and what it's about and what it's dealing with, I want to talk about what this podcast isn't. So while I am dealing with world building, this podcast is about world building as a design methodology. And I will be discussing world building literature and games such as Dungeons and Dragons, um, Second Life, and looking at literature such as Stephen Savage's A Way with Worlds Volume 1 and 2, Wolfgang Barr's The Cobalt Guide to World Building, and Randy Elfson's Creating Life. And I will be showing how these elements are really kind of taken from world building as a form of writing for literature and creating games, but applying it to design and looking at it critically. But I won't be in this podcast talking about world building for the sole purpose of creating a world for D&D or a game or writing literature or a game ecosystem. I'm going to be looking at it as a human experience interaction designer and how world building as a methodology involves space, place, interfaces, actors, narratives, and how these worlds kind of interlap and intermingle. So while it's not a direct parallel to writing a D&D campaign, I feel that there might be some valuable content for people that are looking for how to approach world building. And if you feel that this podcast isn't relevant to you for your needs as a writer, gamer, or someone that's looking to understand world building as a dungeon master, that's okay. There are a lot of really great podcasts out there for world building. The World Builders Anvil, Realms, a world building podcast, World Build With Us, uh, Lore Keepers, a world building podcast. And these are all accessible on platforms like Spotify that you should definitely check out. But again, this is for designers, researchers, um, and world builders who are looking to see how this is applied to actual virtual space as a design process. If you are curious, this would be really great to check out and listen to if you're looking at how designers critically analyze world building and use it as a methodology to create something that's cross reality. And for myself as a designer, I'll be breaking down my process and my approach bringing you along for the journey as I conduct interviews with community members. And for season one, that's going to involve a lot of cosplayers, micro-entrepreneurs, designers, world builders, and literature, and talking about games as uh, informed of the virtual world and what virtual is. So you're more than welcome to follow me on my journey. I would really love to have you. Now, to define the success of this podcast... When I talk about defining success, it's really what this podcast is and how I could see it as meaningful and successful. The last thing I want to do is create a podcast that is very superficial and is more just kind of getting for the likes and views. My objective with this podcast is to create a resource that is helpful to designers, researchers, and world builders. and have this podcast serve as a platform to document and share my discoveries, my research, and progress in my design projects. If this podcast can simulate questions, ideas, or even help another designer or world builder, I think it's successful.
and I hope to provide really valuable content and perspectives and information that comes out to my audience so that it can help them with their own projects and own aspirations. And please bear with me as everything I'm doing right now is very bare bones. I'm using Discord, a headset, and I'm out here doing as a designer. While I don't have the immediate funding to go ahead and grab a mic specifically for podcasting, what I do have are a series of skills for editing, designing, and creating. And I feel that's the real value of my podcast. So instead of getting obsessed with not having something that would prevent it from being higher quality, see this as a first iteration, that it's going to be a process in which I grow as both a designer and as a host here on the podcast. And what we together as host and audience will go through is seeing the design process and looking at all these ideas and, and sharing content and information. And I feel that's the real big thing of what I'm offering here. As I continue this podcast and make investments into gear and so forth and collaborate with others, the podcast and quality will improve, but that's going to be over time. And again, that's because this is an iterative process. In the book, Making Ideas Happen, the big obstacle that a lot of creators have or creative people have is that they have so many ideas, but no one addresses them or does anything. That book inspired me to move forward with creating this podcast and knowing that because this is an iterative process, it's okay, and that we're going to develop and get better. With that, I would like to say thank you very much for listening to the Red Mage podcast, and I really hope that the content that I provide in this exploration of world building, methodology, and design really provide something of substance to you and that it helps you designers world builders researchers or just curious audience members to see what the potential of human-centered design following this methodology can accomplish thank you